Control Alt Delete with Miss Joel. Navigating your way through the social, local, and mobile tech talk on show 977. At exactly 10 past 7. Good morning, Mitch. Hey, Terry, how are you? Oh, spectacular. The weather helps a lot, and uh, it's a spectacular today or day today, and it's supposed to be like this for the rest of the week. So, how about that? I'll take it. I just came back from six kilometers up at the Summit Woods in Westmount, so it's a great day. Yeah, it must there. be. Yeah, beautiful up at the Summit this time of the day, too. Hey, eh, Mitch? Nice and quiet. Only a couple dogs wandering around, so <laughs> all on leashes. I might okay. So good. <laughs> good. Um, all right, let's start. Let's start with the Tim Hortons thing uh, this week or last couple of days. Um, I scanned the story and I kind of I thought, oh well, uh, everybody knows everything about me anyway. So, um, what's the deal with the Tim Hortons, and uh, should you be worried about what Tim knows about you now? Yeah, I mean, when I saw the title of this article in the Financial Post, I sort of went, yeah, I think. Tim Hortons got a bit thrown under the bus here in comparison to all the other apps that do the same thing. But essentially, there was an article in the Financial Post that was long and detailed called Double Double Tracking, How Tim Hortons Knows Where You Sleep, Work, and Vacation. And so, again, it it can be quite alarming to hear that and think Tim Hortons. But if you have the application and you've enabled them or allowed them to know your location, even while the app is not in use... You can imagine all the data that is being captured about you in terms of your longitude and longitude and all that sort of stuff. And clearly, Tim Hortons isn't a dumb company. If they have all this data, what could they do with it? Well, they could partner with other companies that can provide other information, like, say, where their competitors are, letting them know when somebody is walking into, let's say, a Starbucks or a McDonald's instead of a Tim Hortons or Burger King, because The company that owns Tim Hortons also owns Burger King. And it's just a really interesting article if you really haven't been exposed to what happens when you don't check the security settings when you both download an app and you accept it, and then you go into your location services. So it it is important, and it's sort of an eye-opening thing to just see how much information they're gathering. Um, Again, is it innocuous? Is it not? It depends on how you feel about your privacy and security but they are a commercial organization that could then take that data and transfer it elsewhere. So lesson of the day is read this article. It's really interesting. We'll leave a link in the show notes, but at the same time, also go in and always check things like what you're agreeing to when you download an app, check the notifications, and more importantly, always check the location services, which is different uh, than, than your other settings, and make sure that you are giving uh, the proper apps that you like the proper uh, access to information. The other real sort of reminder for me in reading this article, and I'm sure you'll agree, Terry, is you download these apps and they just sort of sit on your phone. Some of them work, some of them don't use, you don't use, but there is data there. So if there are apps that you don't use, just delete them. You don't need them on your phone. If the company goes under, who knows what they're doing with the data that they've accumulated or are accumulating. So it's a good little reminder while we're all sitting around to maybe do a little cleanup, check out your location services, delete apps you don't use, and be mindful of what you give them access to. So when it comes to data, Mitch, um, is, you know, when companies are swapping data, is there a, a, a level, like, is one chunk of your data more interesting, uh, more um, more important to companies than others? Like, you know, is, is, is where you are just as important as where you work? Is 
where you shop or what sites you're looking at as important as where you travel to? Like, does information have sort of levels of importance for these people that are trading in all our data? I'd look at it differently. I'd look at it more like, doesn't each piece of data have an interesting value to different types of companies? That's probably a more interesting way to think about it. So if you think, well, what would that travel information mean to a travel company or how they want to target you? But I also don't want to put fear into people's hearts that like Tim Hortons is sitting at this weird table with other businesses (laughs) swapping your data like it's like they're playing a game of poker. Right. Usually what people have to understand is who owns Tim Hortons? What other brands do they have? So in this case, it would be things like Burger King and others. So does that company have the right to use that data outside of Tim Hortons? Now, clearly, if you read the article, you'll see that Tim Hortons sort of looks into this and sort of talks about what you're agreeing to, what you're not agreeing to, and things like that. So I wouldn't look at it so much as are there different points of value. The answer is to an insurance company, all of this is interesting. To a travel company, parts of it are interesting. To a restaurant, it's got an interesting value. My concern with the selling and sort of switching of data isn't as sort of relevant as it is right now because the platforms have done a good job of trying to lock it down. There's been enough trouble around that. I'm more concerned about sort of the apps we leave on our phone and have given access to years ago that we don't use that, again, that company gets sold and that gets sold or they might be a little looser with it than a, a powerful big corporation that usually is you know, sort of being watched to a certain degree. So you just have to... Be mindful of what is on your right. phone and know that there is technology constantly pinging it for information. Right. But as a layperson who doesn't know anything about this, I'm, you know, I picture in my head like a supermarket of information where there are, you know, there, there are different things about all of us online from, you know, what, you know, I, I know when I keep clicking on car ads and they keep appearing in my feeds, I know what that's all about, but I was curious about, you know, is is uh, what car ad I looked at yesterday more important than what I bought today to uh, uh, to these people who are shopping and mining for data? I guess so. It's all the same, right? They just you get one big clump of data and you buy it and you go through it and figure it out for yourself. Yeah, and you're you're basically, you know, it's it's more automated than that. It's not like right. just someone yeah, right. going, oh, yeah. that's Terry, yeah. and, and there it is. And again, right. I think it's just for, right. for the consumer, it's a sense of being mindful. Yeah. I'm very simple simple with my with my data sharing, especially when it comes to location. The only app that needs to know my location while it is being used is GPS, yeah. like if I'm using Waze or Maps or something. Everything else, not so important to me. Yeah. Yeah, don't want to be tracked. I get it. No, um, okay, um, let's uh, let's talk about Twitter because um, this I thought was a small step forward um, because of the uh, of of this. Uh, I mean, it's only available on Android right now. But explain what Twitter has done uh, with regards to people retweeting things that they don't bother reading. Yeah, this was one of those news items that when I saw, which was from MIT Technology Review, I, I immediately thought of you and thought this is sort of like right in our wheelhouse of the yeah. things we like to discuss. Twitter has developed a technology that basically prompts people to read articles before they share them, <laughs> which, it, I mean, you sort of do like a little side head shake and wonder to yourself, is this really something that happens that people see a headline and figure, you know what? 
I'm not going to read this, but it's, it must be important. Why don't you read it? <laughs> like it's such a weird sort of psychological thing that we do. And essentially what they've done, again, according to this MIT Technology Review article, is that if you go to retweet something without having clicked through to the actual story, it, it'll show a pop-up that says, you know, do you want to read this before retweeting it? <laughs> um, and again, it, it's, it's really right now only being used uh, in English for people using Twitter and Android. I'm not even sure if it's here in Canada, but my general sentiment was, I mean, I really, I, I want to have a lot of people follow me in social, in, in media, on radio. I, I want that. Of course, we want our work to be out there and have attention. I would never wish your time or any of my friends' time, if you follow me or connect with me, sharing something that I haven't spent time reading, thinking about, and then thinking, you know, if I'm going to share this, I want to make sure that it's worth Terry's time. And I, I just think that there's a certain level of, I don't know if it's laziness or sort of like digital rubbernecking. Like, I don't, I don't understand what it is, but the fact that this technology even has to exist says a lot about who we are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of the teacher standing in front of the class, going, "You didn't read the book, did you, Mister Demonte?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Cole's, Cole's notes, your yeah, Cole's notes, yeah. Notes are not going to work in this scenario. Yeah, but yeah. again, it really speaks to the temperament of, of the online channel. I mean, look, I get people see something like so and so died, and they go, "Oh my god!" and they retweet it, not realizing it happened seven years ago. Yeah, like that sort of stuff. I'm less. It's it's more like you know, intro, like real articles. Like, right. why would I share? Share something with you. Yeah. If I'm sharing with you, I'm gonna my, my pre-qualification is this is important, which means I spend time with it. Yeah. Um, all all right. Let, let's uh, talk about your app of the week, please. Yeah, I mean, last week we talked about a, an online photo editor, and then sure enough, this week comes along in Photoshop, which is you know probably the gold standard in photo editing and all that sort of stuff, has come out with a free app called Photoshop Camera, and it actually is really, really great. It's, yeah. it's a freemium, so there's a lot of free stuff, but then you could pay for other things. But everything from filters and how to clean up uh, photos to helping it connect to your social feed, but... Again, Photoshop is the gold standard, and just the technology and the things in there, I was playing around with it, just thinking, geez, what an amazing world we live in that you can have that type of editing and functionality on a camera on your phone these days. And it's, it's great. If you're into taking pictures, and now's, now's the best time, and more time than ever to take photos, yeah. it's Adobe. It's called Adobe Photoshop Camera. It's, it's free, so go ahead and just, if you just Google Adobe Photoshop Camera, it'll, it'll pop up for you. Okay, as always, our conversation and the links uh, about uh, our conversation will be up at shome.com after 9 o'clock this morning. Mitch, thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of the day and enjoy the week. Yeah, we'll see you next Monday. Thanks, Terry. Okay, thanks, Mitch.